Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Scotland are back to winning ways and we're heading off to Tbilisi this weekend. What better way to cheer on the lads in Georgia with a crate of craft beer. And thanks to our friends at Beer52, you can get yourself eight free beers, a magazine and a snack to enjoy while you're watching the game at the weekend get yourself on to beer52.com forward slash thistle you'll get yourself eight beers all from boston massachusetts on the east coast of america beer52.com forward slash thistle that is eight free craft beers all you do is pay four pounds 95 for the delivery and they will be sent straight to your door beer52.com forward slash thistle get it now All right, Thistle, Scottish Rugby Pod, we are back. Just Matt and I this week as Alan is off on his uh, Elton John Super Fan Tour in uh, Las Vegas. But Matt, how are you, bud? Yeah, good, mate. Uh, was at a wedding at the weekend. A friend of mine met a Thistle fan, actually. A Thistle fan out in the wild. They exist. Yeah, well, I mean, when you introduce yourself as a host of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, then they're going to have to say they're, they're, they're a fan. At some stage, if you ask people enough, they're going to yeah, have to say, ex- what exactly. is that? It was brought up semi-organically, and the guy said he was a fan, so... That's we good. We'll take that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely take that. And yeah. um, we've actually got an, e- we got an email this week from somebody who met you in um, the grass market in Edinburgh. I do remember that. I think it was actually... Um, when Scotland beat England at Murrayfield, it was after that, outside the Black Bull in yeah. the grass market. Good Jonathan evening. Rowe says, I drunkenly bumped into Matt on the grass market after a November test, and I probably talked a load of nonsense. Can you confirm? Um, possibly. I mean, I was probably talking a lot of nonsense as well. We just come <laughs> off the back of, of that uh, 
result and i think it was on the stag as well so fair play well yeah. thanks very much for getting in touch uh jonathan that is on the emails in the mailbag plenty of correspondence this week that's the thistle rugby at gmail.com twitter as ever uh, th- at thistle rugby pod and quieter week on instagram but we are there thistle understroke rugby under stroke pod so Lots of stuff. I feel like this is the first week. It feels like actually back to school. There's news to talk about. We've got a Scotland win to talk about. And we are looking ahead to Scotland being the first ever Tier 1 nation to go and play Georgia in Tbilisi and all the fun at the fair that that is going to throw up. But why don't we start off with actually, I think, the saddest news of the season so far. Sam Skinner's World Cup is over before it begun. Hamstring injury keeping him out. Um, what was your initial reaction to that, Matt? Yeah, it's a shame because I think we were all looking forward to seeing him, um, you know, get a decent run out before the World Cup. Because when he did play uh, in the Six Nations and in those, uh, those Autumn Internationals, he looked like a really handy player to have. Obviously, good utility in a World Cup squad can cover five and four or five and six. Um, I'm not sure exactly when he did it or how he did it. It was about 55. It was quite. It was after half time. Yeah. You know, it was quite. It was fairly far into the match, and I agree with you. He'd had. I thought he was a really big physical presence on Saturday. Actually, a complete sort of night and day forwards performance from last week, which we'll obviously get into in a bit more detail. But I don't know if it's the skinhead. I don't know if it's just that sort of uh, mixture of physicality, and he's clearly, I think, definitely one of Townsend's leaders, even though he's new, yeah, new to that squad. Agree. But he's also he's a, he's a serious ball player. He seems to understand the systems where he needs to be. Mm. Smart, smart player, not just a you know stick it up your jumper second yeah, row definitely. carrier. So yeah. I think he's a really big loss. Um, and so Tim Swinson has been called up, and the the statement says that he's just covering training. So it doesn't look like Swinner's really um, mm. being considered as a. Uh, as a second row option. Yeah. But the, the, the bigger story around that is that Richie Gray turned down the opportunity to join up the Scotland squad for family reasons. What, what did you make of that? How, do you turn down a call from your country ever? Well, I think um, obviously when it first got announced that Swinson was coming in as a replacement, there was quite a lot of uproar on, on social media. Um, but then it obviously came out that Richie Gray said, you know, I'm just about to have a kid. Just had a kid. Just had a kid, rather. I, I want to, you know, dedicate my time to, to to the family, which you know is completely understandable. And and if it is the case also that Tim Swinson is there as kind of just cover, that doesn't exactly speak, you know, that to that much confidence around his chance to get into the squad. No. So if Richie Gray kind of says, well, you know what, either I can, I'm finally fit, you know, to lose of taking quite a lot, a big chance on me, putting a lot of faith in me. Um, I leave to go all the way to the other side of the world with a semi chance of getting into the World Cup squad rather than having a decent preseason. I mean, the top 14 has already started. Here is my prediction Richie Gray will play for Scotland in the World Cup. How's that going to happen? Because he won't go in the first, fo- he won't, won't go in the initial squad. There yeah. will be a second row injury and his family issues will go away. <laughs> But but if Swinson's there, then surely. But Swinnow's in the he's just in the training squad. There's no way he's getting into that 31 that's going to be announced next week. So then it's about next cabs off the rank. I if see. When there's injuries. Yeah. And I think when it's not an opportunity to come to Tbilisi and hold a tackle, back, <laughs> Richie Gray will think. Actually, I fancy yeah. that. 
I've got a few games under my belt in Toulouse. I'm back to full fitness. Gregor, the baby's settled in. I think it's I'm awesome. coming to Yokohama. Let's do it. It's also some sort of like, you know, elaborate arrangement with Tim Swin- Tim Swinson as well. So yes. he, Swinson now, and we'll get onto it, Love it, has arranged a great deal for him and the rest of the squad that beyond the, the match day 23, if they go to a certain length in the World Cup, we'll get bonuses as well. Yeah. So I think Richie's kind of, him and, him and Swinson have had some sort of arrangement where he's been like, right, get this deal. I'll get you in there. Yeah. Then, you know, I, I I'll like come in lot. the back door. I mean, we might as well talk about it now. The new deal that the, so Twim Swinson is the representative and chairman of the Scottish Players Association have been negotiating a new package with the SRU for player remuneration. And he agree, seemed to agree that at the end of last week that if you train with the squad but don't get picked in the 23, yeah. you get the same amount of money for your week of training as somebody who goes on and plays. Mm. So he's, he's carrying tackle bags <laughs> this week. He's done well. Little trip to Tbilisi. Full, full ride. Pretty decent. Yeah. I think he's done. That's a great negotiation. Which I mean, I wonder if that's how other nations do it because it's only quite recently that Scotland have had this sort of independent players association, right? Yeah. So you think they're just sort of following what the, the um, PRA is? The PRA? The, yeah, the, 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 in, the one in, in England, England yeah. for instance. Um, which I, well, it's obviously I, a good good thing because the fact that they haven't had one is, is a bit well of a joke. I was, I was shocked that when they talked specifically about this negotiations around World Cup pay, they were saying that it was Greg Laidlaw, Scotland captain in 2015, was the sole representative of the Scotland players versus oh, really? the SRU machine in that negotiation. <laughs> and Tim Swinson was at pains to say, look, Greg's a great bloke. Yeah. fantastic scrum half but he's not a negotiator so they've got like he's got enough in his plate anyway yeah, exactly they've got like a whole legal team in to do it we've had an email about it from hamish curry says big fan of the pod living in new zealand great way to keep up to date with all things related to scottish rugby he says do any of you well-informed men have any idea what this player's fee so like a match day fee might be you hear about england players getting 25k per match so i'm intrigued to know how much scotland players might get in comparison I don't know how much it is. It's I, I would be astonished if it's 25 bags a game. Yeah, I think for for the amount of money that Murrayfield will generate in a match day compared to Twickenham. England. Yeah, to Twickenham. I, th- I think that 25 might also only be for home games, which would make yeah. more sense. Yes, it would. Um, but you'd, you'd like to think that the Scotland deal going to a World Cup, playing in some pretty big matches, playing against Japan, the home nation, playing against Ireland, like, Two of the biggest pool matches. Yep. You'd like to think they get at least half of that 25 I think so, yeah. game? They good, good money. Possibly more? I remember thinking, it was sort of like, I remember being told that it was about five or six was a sort of like Scotland appearance fee. That doesn't seem that high, you know? Yeah. That actually seems pretty but a that bit was insulting. Pre, that was pre this deal. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, but, you know, Swinner is negotiating it for himself. So <laughs> he's, he's done really he's well done a hell in the of name of player job. welfare. welfare. Um, well, speaking of negotiating with the Scottish top brass, we have a new bit of Scotland rugby top brass. Jim Mallander, former Northampton Saints um, and England Saxons coach, has joined Scottish rugby as the director of rugby, replacing the much missed um, Scott Johnson, who left for Australia. Um, this has gone down on social media, which a lot of stuff doesn't go down particularly well on there. People seem very happy with Jim Mallander as an appointment. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he had he had a, a really good coaching record at 
Sale and then Northampton until the sort of latter stages of that yeah. Northampton spell where they were actually pretty atrocious. Um, but but I think he'd sort of taken them as far as he could and it's difficult to sort of, you know, go to that extra level. Um, and then since then, he's been working with the RFU on youth development. I think he was seen as one of the senior guys in terms of the England pathway. Um, so I think... A, it's sort of a good appointment. It's been received well in Scotland. And B, it's sort of been seen in England as a real loss. Yeah, and that's um, what you love to see. Well, <laughs> you do. <laughs> uh, but no, I think he's um, it's kind of guy who I think will come in with a fresh perspective. He's not been in the SRU before. Um, you know, shouldn't have any preconceptions. I think he is actually not this important. I think he's Scots qualified. I think he's got like a mum who's Scottish. We're saying he's getting a game. Well, I, you know, I'm just, just putting it out there. Interesting. Which could mean maybe his son Harry Mounder is qualified. I think Harry Mounder's got a cap for England. Though. No, he hasn't got a cap for England. Is he not? No, he's definitely just, been just in their squads. age groups. Just their age groups. Oh. Uh, so you never know. Harry Mounder up to play 10 for Edinburgh next year. Wouldn't be too bad. You would love to see it. Yeah. He's a very, very good player. But I think it's... The other interesting thing, though, is that is this the result of Ben Ryan's review or is that still ongoing? There's not been sort of too much transparency around that. That's a good point. They haven't really updated on that in no. traditional SRU fashion. Yeah. <laughs> we can so either they've just sort of said, oh, for goodness sake, let's just get in a, a big name, someone we like. Um, he is qualified though because he's got that first team experience plus that sort of development yeah, yeah, for sure. as well. Yeah, yeah, and that definitely. is his remit, which... Is it's the elite level of the game, so it's covering Glasgow, Edinburgh, um, yeah, yeah, and Scotland, and presumably like under twenties and that academy pathway as well. But no, anyway. I think it's I think it's good news, and um, it'll be interesting to see. <coughs> excuse me, uh, if he makes any changes, if he sort of comes in and 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 tries to sort of reinvent things, or or whether well, I think you're looking at, for example, like the recent under twenties, you'd think there's work to be done there. Um, making sure that the pathways are, are working and everything. So, uh, yeah, interested to see what happens. Interesting indeed. And speaking of players that have come through the pathway, news breaking in Scotston this afternoon, um, centre Stafford McDowell has committed to Glasgow Warriors until 2022 on a th- new improved three-year deal. Um, had a big breakout season last year. Very good business for Glasgow to sign him up for such a long period of time. Yeah, definitely. And he's still just, uh, he's really perfected that sort of politician's response to, to questions, as you'll see from the interview on the Glasgow Warriors website. Yeah. yeah that's that's a real skill. That's why he's got a three-year deal, I reckon. I reckon he's, yeah, he's negotiated that well. Didn't give anything. Like when he came on the pod and gave us absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's, it's good news, obviously. Um, I think, you know, having a three-year deal, even though he's effectively sort of almost coming out of the academy on that, it shows a lot of faith in him. Glasgow tend to give one or two-year contracts. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's he's the kind of 12 that can kind of do it all, I suppose. Like, he's a yep. big ball carrier. He's got really good skills. I think he's not been quite been seen yet um, for Glasgow, but he's got a good boot on him as well. So he's a handy player to have for Glasgow and, and one definitely that Scotland will have yeah. their eye on in the future. I think so. I mean, you talk about World Cup cycles. You'd think in four years' time, if he continues his yeah. progression, those by the end of those three years at Glasgow, he's going to be you would expect to have a handful of Scotland caps and yeah. doing well looking yeah. at the next 
World Cup. So congratulations to friend of the pod, Stafford McDowell. Um, Righto, so that's all the news we've got for you, but um, we do have a little message from Alan who sent um, in his thoughts from uh, Las Vegas. So before we get into looking back at Scotland's win versus France from the weekend, let's go over to Alan in Las Vegas. Alan, are you uh, are you having a good time over there? You know, definitely. I'm about to grand down in Caesar's Palace, but the Scotland win cheered me up. Slight downer about Sam Skinner. I'm also having to hang out with a Welsh rugby fan who keeps banging on about how Sam Warburton was better than Hamish Watson. Idiot. Heading off to the chapel now. My girlfriend Ashley is waiting for me. Can't wait to see you. No, definitely I do. Well, I mean, I guess we'll come back next week and find out if Alan and Ashley did go through with their um, Elvis-themed wedding in... um, in Las Vegas, he sounds a bit different, doesn't he? He does sound a bit. It might have been just a bit slightly dodgy line, um, possibly you know, dodgy coming line. all the way over the the Atlantic. But uh, no, it sounds like you're having a good time. Still managing to get to to watch Scotland play. So, yeah, yeah. We didn't get any uh, any responses last week. If you are in Las Vegas and want to watch the Scotland uh, Georgia game at the weekend, Alan is there. Um, he's hosting the official Thistle pool party um, <laughs> with the Georgia game on. It's going to be class. Um, so do get in touch with us in all the normal ways if you can right so moving on scotland winning back to winning ways at sold out bt murrayfield putting france to the sword 17 14 um with sean maitland and chris harris getting those scores laid law with the boots matt winning ugly not something scotland tends to do particularly well but you know, what are the positives that you take away from that scrappy win? Yeah, I think, to, to be fair, Scotland in the last two victories against France have sort of come off the back of, obviously this time it was a, a bit of a disaster against France, and then uh, two years ago um, was after that uh, shocker in Wales. Yes. So actually, uh, they're both home games, but in both they were pretty scrappy. But Scotland really needed the win, and they delivered on both fr- both fronts. So that's pretty positive. I suppose two years mind. ago in the Six Nations as well, it was kind of the same story. Um, Teddy Thomas got a try early on. Scotland yeah. had to fight back yeah, exactly. with a gritty performance based on Laidlaw's Laidlaw. boot and a well-timed angle from a 13. Yeah, it's true, actually. It was Hugh Jones Some on the good day. good parallels there, yeah. Um, we talked an awful lot about it last week. There was not a lot of confidence in Horn and Harris going into the weekend. How do you think those two players have sort of done their chances for the World Cup selection next week? I mean, I didn't think I'd be saying it, but I thought Harris is one of the strongest performers on the day. I thought he he, he will always give you that work rate, and I thought that really showed up, um, in particular, the back's defense against the likes of Raka, and obviously Penno scored twice, but they were sort of breakaways, was really strong. I think Harris yeah. led a lot of that. Um, and then, obviously, in attack, he is always going to run run hard. And maybe it's just the first time we've sort of seen a few of those lines paying off. He almost scored in the first half. Yeah. Um, a good line off Kinghorn. Uh, and then, obviously, that, that line he took um, was quite Hugh Jones-esque. And maybe something different to what we've kind of seen from Scottish centres in terms of... We've always kind of had ball players or someone like Hugh Jones who can make an outside break. But having a kind of hard runner yeah. gives you quite a good option. So... I think he's done his chances of getting on that plane, you know, power of good. I think I think he was very impressive. I agree with the defensive thing. I think the combination of having him and Maitland 
um, meant that our outside defence and yeah. the backs was so much more solid than yeah. it was the week before. I think mm. Maitland is that player. Again, he got another Scotland try, something that he does an awful lot. But he's not that flashy, but it just feels that we're a much more solid um, yeah. defensive unit with him there. Definitely. So I was really, really impressed. Um, I thought Pete Horn... I thought Pete Horn actually played fairly well. And I thought he... Um, he took on quite a lot of responsibility, and, and even his carrying, I thought, was, was pretty good. I think he does punch above his weight. Yeah. But, you know, once again, he sort of chucked a flustered pass that was picked off by, by Pino for that first score. Um, and yeah. He doesn't do it every game, and he's had some very good performances for Scotland, but I think that you could no longer call him like a, a solid 12, because I think he can have those sort of slight brain farts yeah um and i think that's always what has been in his sort of you know his pro column as he is that sort of solid distributing 12 option but i think yeah. there is now a body of evidence of those mistakes and i think um, if if hutchins i think hutchinson is going to get a start in one of these georgia games if he can have a really good match you know he covers 10 12 and 13 you, you kind of think that he's the one that's going to edge ahead yeah it, it does feel that way after we can, i agree with everything you said about Pete Horn there. I think he was actually pretty decent, but it's the one thing that we were like, Scotland can't afford to do. Yeah. Gives France a seven-point head start. No, in this occasion, we managed to come back, but... It was kind of a 14-point head start, 14, really. 14, three down. That was Finn's mistake. Yeah, the it was a bad takeoff. Um, and that's, that's what was quite interesting, is that defensively, I mean, we kept France out for the whole of the second half. They didn't yeah. score a point. And both tries were 100% Scotland errors, which feels like a recurring thing. Um, yeah, which is obviously f it's massively frustrating, and you can't expect to be giving teams 14-0 head starts, which we no. sort of, as we talked about last week, are, are pretty good at doing at the moment. But at least you kind of think that if things come together just 5-10% more, you're unlikely to give away those sort of tries. Yeah. And I think Scotland, maybe the attack looked a bit blunt at times on Saturday. But once again, if you just uh, sort of add incremental improvement to that, then you know Scotland are going to score tries. I think you're right. And I think that attack is brand new centre partnership. Yeah, it must be the first time they played together. I think it was Dunbar and Harris that started in Wales. No, it was Hugh Jones played 12. Oh, remember? Hugh Jones yeah. played 12. Yeah. Of course, yeah. It's a brand new centre partnership, so maybe you can't expect that to click straight away. Yeah. Um, what did you make of Finn's performance? Um, I thought he was still pretty good. He's still like kind of unflappable. Yeah. Like even when he made that mistake, you know, lesser players I think would have sort of let it get to them. But he still, as soon if he makes one of those mistakes, he's still taking the ball to the line. He's still trying things. Uh, I thought his variation was pretty good. His um, kicking game was his kicking game was good. Really nice and varied. I mean, just even things like when he put that little cross kick in for Kinghorn. And like he's getting the ball off like this rubbish scrum above his head. He plucks it down one hand. Other tens were just, I think, punted that in the air. But he has the, the confidence to, you know, pick out other players. So, I, no, I thought he was good. Um, I thought Laidlaw's so frustrating because you look at him getting the ball away from the base and it's, it isn't as quick as Price or even Horn. It just isn't. And he's, no. he seems to take a while. He seems to take longer just to get the ball out. Which isn't necessarily his fault. It's about presentation and everything. But uh, I think he's still just so important. He calms things down. Uh, he gives control. Um, 
I think he's probably the best communicator with forwards around the base as well. Yeah. He's not going to let himself get rushed for box kicks or anything. Uh, so I, I just think you, if Scott want to win games in the World Cup, I think he has to start. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it was uh, Kevin Miller, top of the moon on Twitter this week, did Townsend's average starting 15 yeah. by minutes. Yeah. And it is um, Laidlaw and Finn by a long way. 32 times they've been picked together at 9 and 10. Yeah. I mean, and for all of Price's, you know, Price's, uh, you know, benefits and what George Horn offers, mm. crunch moments against Ireland. I yeah. can't see it not being Laidlaw and Finn. And I kind of feel that you, you either start Laidlaw, you don't have him in the 23. Yeah, because I don't. Maybe he can come on to close games out, but. Yeah. We haven't really seen it that often. And then, obviously, if you have Horn or Price on off the bench, if you want to change things slightly and chase a game, then, you know, they're good guys to have. Completely. Um, I thought moving, moving to the forwards, I thought Blade Thompson had a pretty good showing. Yeah, I think he offers something that um, we don't have. He's not quite as a blunt instrument as, say, a Josh. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Strauss when he's no, at the peak of his not. form. Uh, but he's, a, again, a ball player. I think yeah. he put in some very effective hits in the first half. Some of his defensive efforts were really, really impressive. Yeah. Um, Shame that he's picked up this head knock, but I think Danny Wilson's press conference yesterday said they're confident that he's going to come through that. Yeah. Because obviously it's a worry having been out for six months with a concussion injury yeah, yeah. for him to pick that up. I think he adds an uh, adds something to that back row, and I think if he does come through, mm. he's going to go off the basis of what we've seen. And I think he's kind of... Obviously, it's just sort of one performance, but from what I've kind of seen in the past, he does just have that like New Zealand rugby brain. So you could sort of... If he needs to keep it tight, he's maybe not as effective as Josh Strauss, but he knows when to keep it tight. He knows when yep. not to shut the offload. But you'd be very happy seeing him with the ball in hand in the 13 channel and trusting him to make the right yeah. decision. I, I just think that he added uh, just that back row selection. The balance worked yeah. really well. Watson is st- just, you know, 
Amoja he delivers in the yeah exactly. He delivers on the on the big stage. He was just he is doing his his usual breaking tackles. He was unbelievable. He is now genuinely world class. Yeah. To the extent that even the BBC's rugby podcasts say that he's really good yeah. at rugby. They know his full name and everything. <laughs> they know yeah, I know, I is. know. It's bigger so than... So he's actually, you know, he's... he's I, I think he's he's probably your only nailed-on back row starter at the moment, I think. Yeah, although I think I think that balance point you made there is really interesting because our listeners will realise that we're not the biggest Ryan Wilson fans on any day of the week, but I thought Ryan Wilson had a very effective game. Yeah, I think he again, did. Few silly penalties that you expect from Ryan Wilson, in, particularly in the first half. But he's very good at leading the line, yeah. defensively very organised. I mean, you can't expect him to not get skinned by Pano on the outside <laughs> when he's left. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought he was good, and yeah, I think Scott Cummings. Yeah, I was actually just going to say on starting I debut, thought he looked, I thought he looked good. He I looked pretty comfortable. Looked comfortable, and with Skinner going down, and with. Richie Gray not coming in, you're now essentially left with Gilchrist, Gray, Tulis, and Cummings as your four second yeah. rows. Yeah. That's done. Yeah. There's I no suppose the only thing you... Maybe Swinson has some value in the fact that he can play six as well. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought he had a really accomplished um, performance. Yeah. Um, I think as well... And we, we know how good... Nell is at scrum time, but I oh. just think having him in the team, it just solidifies things up. You know, he's there just to scrum, really. Um, he's yes. not going to carry much ball, but I just think you feel so much more. Uh, the whole team seems a lot more yeah. solid and comfortable with him uh, packing down. But I think just having that scrum platform that he gives you, and again, second week in a row, Gordy Reed had a decent game. He, he was good. The scrummaging was really, really solid. Yeah, this super six thing. Look, he's a kid that's come <laughs> through the super six. Yeah, starting for his country now. I know it's phenomenal. Um, but it's hard not to see Gordy Reed not getting on the plane. Oh no, definitely. I think he's he definitely good. will. I think. I think he starts against Ireland as um, that scrummaging option. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Alan Dell will get a hit out in at least one of these Georgia games, and yeah. that's a really big test of his scrummaging because that's yeah. probably the one question mark. Because he does about offer, him, cause he offers way more yeah. around the park. I mean, he's a smaller player. Yeah, um, he's he's a lot more mobile than someone like Gordy Reid. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if he can, I think if Dell can hold his own in the two, um, these two matches, then he might just edge in front. Yep. because he sort of fits yep. Townsend's overall I style. Right. But uh, I think if, the one if, if Reid's there and he can hold up a scrum. Yeah, I think fine. The one person that I think. Oh, the, the perceptions of the squad when it was first picked versus today, I think one area that has changed, I think Grant Stewart is now third choice hooker ahead of Turner. Because I think Turner was one player at the weekend who didn't really take his opportunity. Yeah. Lineouts didn't function well at all yeah. when he was on. He made a f- I mean, he does what he does, which is, you know, he's very abrasive ball carrier and defender, but I didn't think he really had much input uh and yeah we did not have that line out solidity that you need at international rugby mm. and uh i thought it was a shame but i thought grant stewart looked decent when he came on and i i wouldn't be surprised to see him who i thought he started a long way behind those three at the yeah, start for of sure. the process yeah i'd be surprised I mean, if he goes it, i'm not really that fussed about who goes as the third hooker you know like yeah. bec- just because mcanally and brown are so clearly nailed on as your one and two hooker. Yeah. 
in whatever order you really want there. Because I still think some people would say they want Brown to start. Um, I suppose Turner kind of had... You could think of Turner as having some utility value because he can also play six. Yeah. Um, or seven. But then... McAnally and Brown can also do the same, and I'm sure at push you and could put Grant Turner. Stewart. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, though, sorry, that he yeah. had the utility value, but you look at the other hookers who are there, and you kind of think you don't you don't need to take a a two and a six, for example. Yeah, that's true. But I'm not. I wouldn't be that fussed if Turner went. I think Turner, to be fair, in, in his appearances in Scotland, has done pretty well in the lineup. I agree. Maybe this is just a, a one off. Bad day. But uh, entirely new second row partnership. Yeah, exactly. There are there are mitigating. He's, he's only he's been injured for quite a while as well, yeah. so that might have had an impact. But no, I thought Stewart when he came on was was good. I thought it was good. So uh, Tommy Seymour picked up an HIA as well, so we didn't actually get to see very much of him. But no. replaced by Blair Kinghorn, who looked fantastic when he came on. Considering he's like only been making his way back from injury fairly recently, yeah. like he looks making really his, sharp, really quick. His way back um, from injury via George Square in the festival, he's looking sharp <laughs> as hell. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, but I thought particularly his defense, like Raka didn't get in the game at all, and a lot of that was down to him. Yeah, I thought uh, there was he harried well. Yeah, um, maybe not too many chances to shine with the ball in hand, but well, I think one critical intervention, the little off the back offload when the turnover ball leading up to the first well, try. That's true. He yeah, got, yeah. got Harris over that yeah. gain line and into that gap with a lovely little cat flap. Um, Joe Radford has been in touch on the emails. That's the thistlerugby at gmail.com saying Blair Kinghorn, what a guy, looking very sharp and in great form. Is there an argument for him being the first choice over Hogg? Uh, steady on Joe. Steady on Joe. <laughs> um, no, I think I, th- I would pick him though just because he can cover all back three positions at like a massive push, he could maybe play ten. Stop doing he's, Kinghorn he's, at ten. He's played. He's played ten. F- uh, has he played for ten for Edinburgh? Maybe. Stop. He played all his age group rugby at ten. Stop trying to make Kinghorn at ten. I'm happen. just. I'm just saying. Well, I thought it was twelve. We wanted him to play yeah, for so a while. Yeah. It was twelve. Joe, at, at a massive push, he could cover twelve. To be fair, Joe, he does go on to say, surely with the form he's in, he's got to be a first choice over Seymour on the wing. What would you pick as your starting Scotland back three at the moment? Uh, well, def- definitely Hogg. I, th- I think Maitland's like 95% there. I think those two are absolutely um, on. You know, depending on, I think Darcy Graham would get given a couple of games, against, or at least one run out against Georgia. I think if he plays well, then I'd, I'd maybe want Darcy Graham over Seymour for my starting team. Interesting. And over Kinghorn. But then I suppose you could, um, b- but then Kinghorn is a great bench player because he can cover all those positions. Yeah, of course. As I say, whereas Graham could play fifteen, but I see him as far more as an out, out and out winger. And the same with Seymour. Maitland once again can sort of cover all positions. Absolutely. Uh, well, we will see how that goes. Um, so we will look ahead now to Georgia versus Scotland in Tbilisi after a quick ad break. <laughs> Sorry for this brief interruption to us talking absolute nonsense, but wanted to remind you that we're really proud to be working with the guys at Find a Player this season. The Find a Player app is where you can play whatever sport you want with other listeners of this podcast or people that are nearby. So if you fancy challenging another listener to a game of squash or if you're looking for some new players for your rugby club this season, get yourself onto the Apple iTunes store and download the Find a Player app for free. 
You can also join the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast page on Find a Player and you'll be listed with other listeners of the show. Download the app for free. That's Find a Player. And check out the link that we're going to put in the description of the podcast and the passcode THISTLE. That's all caps THISTLE. And you will be registered as a THISTLE listener with all the best people out there. And then you can challenge them to a game of squash, a game of five-a-side, or a game of touch. Get involved. That's the Find a Player app. Download it now. Okay, so that's Find a Player. Get yourself onto the App Store now. Download it, and you can play sport wherever you are in the world with Thistle fans. What an absolute treat. So, Scotland going down to Tbilisi on Saturday. First Tier 1 nation to go down there, which I think is worth a mention because I do think that's a very, uh, a very good thing. I think we were the first Tier 1 nation to play in Fiji as well for a long... Oh. Not ever, but for a long oh. time. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Is that the omen Cheers. we're setting for this conversation? Doing everyone else a favour. Um, so, Georgia's preparations have been um, typically... Interesting. Eastern European, I would say. They had a, fall- a political falling out with Russia... So they did not can't, play can't, against can't Russia. Can't think why. Can't think why. I can't think why that would have happened. But pesky, they didn't. Pesky Russians. They were meant to be playing Russia. Russia went on to play Jersey. Jersey and, and lost. Yeah, lost comfortably lost, to Jersey. Lost by a lot. And they shipped eighty-five points to Italy last week. So we can talk more about the implications for Scotland in their group game against Russia in a wee while. Yeah. But so Georgia, and I want to get this right. Georgia played against the Southern Kings, and yes. they won by sort of. One score, twenty four twenty, and what was it that? Um, how was it reported? <laughs> well, I just I just googled it to sort of find out some some more details, and the headline on agenda.ge, which I think sort of gives away the, the sort of political leanings of the site, <laughs> said Georgia defeats South Africa ahead of Rugby World Cup. Which, to be fair, maybe click on the on the link. <laughs> so you're like, wow, you know, they get happened. some decent click throughs, and it said defeat Southern Kings team. I'm not sure why. If it's a hastily arranged match, you, you wouldn't think that in Georgia, Southern Kings are going to be your first choice. I'm assuming they must have been on some sort of tour or something. So I guess there's only so many teams that are free and available, and I don't know. Actually, I've got no idea. Who would want to play against Georgia? <laughs> God. <laughs> a decent shift by the Southern Kings. Yeah, I know. I mean, they're also like the worst team in the Pro 14. Using you know Scottish rugby logic, if Georgia can beat the Southern Kings, something that both Edinburgh and Glasgow failed to do, we're we're in big tr- we're in big trouble. <laughs> we are in big yeah. trouble here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what do you make of it? I'll, I don't. I'm not gonna say that I know a huge amount about Georgian rugby, other than that they are big pack. They've got Joe Worsley over there and Graham Roundtree. Yeah. So you'd expect them to be very forwards, dominant and physical. I suppose been training with the Georgian like special forces. Which that sounds terrifying. It does sound really <laughs> bad. But it's also like I know that like the Scotland age groups go and train with like the army every year, and yeah, you know, we still I think there's lost, a difference. We still lost all our games. I think there's a difference between the British army and the Georgian special forces, though. I'd back ours to be fair. <laughs> back our boys. Um, I mean, more in terms of yeah. war crimes. I, I didn't <laughs> say. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Uh, yeah. Um, what would you like to see from this Scotland team? Is this the part of our development? where Gregor Townsend shows his hand and said, this is my first team. Potentially. I mean, I think definitely in one of those two games, you do it. Um, but within, I suppose within the context of this is the last game before the initial cutoff. 
Well, that's what I was just going to say. That BBC's um, sport at the moment have got your sort of pick Scotland 15 to play Georgia, which is, is quite good to sort of exercise to run through. And still quite a few guys that I think need game time. So, as I said before, I'd want to put in Alan Dell, see how he goes. Yep. Um, I think at hooker, keep Turner maybe. I don't think you need to play McAnally. Have Brown off the bench. He's working his way back to fitness. Yeah, it's been reported um, that he is going to be involved in some capacity. You'd expect probably off the bench. Yeah. Um, second rows, I suppose with Skinner out now, it doesn't really matter. Like, it, uh, anyone out of those four, I think, would do a pretty good job. You want to see a bit of Gray. Probably you want to see Gray's Gray. Maybe Gray's in, so he's going to play next week. Um, but then I think in the back row, I think it's a good chance to give Barkley some more game time. Yeah, agreed. Um it's a good chance to play Bradbury and maybe even Fagerson as well, which is a new back row combination. Bradbury at six, yeah. Barkley at seven, Fagerson at eight. But which I quite like the sound I of don't, it. I don't hate exactly. at all. And, and maybe it's a bit too much chopping and changing, but Townsend's already done that, so I think we're, we're past that point. Yeah. And then I'd maybe want to play uh, Hastings at 10. Ooh. Because I think... I think he can lead Scotland to a victory against someone like Georgia, but maybe he just needs another chance to prove that he can. And we know all we need to know about Finn. Yeah, and we don't want him to get injured. Exactly. And then I think maybe in the centres, I'd like to see something like Johnson and Hutchinson. Yeah, well, again, it's being reported that Sam Johnson's coming back from his ankle injury. Yeah. Um, and I think definitely off the back of Harris's performance, he needs to give Hutchinson a start. Exactly. If Hutchison is, you know, this person that is, he's touted to be a squad member, 31, yeah. he's got to get out and play that. It, yeah, exactly. it seems like the perfect opportunity. Yeah, completely agree. I'd so love to see that. Or, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's like Hutchinson at 12, Jones at 13. If you kind of think that Sam Johnson's still not 100% fit and he's a shoo-in for the plane. Do you want to see any more Duncan Taylor? Or are you happy with him not being injured? Unless you maybe want to work combinations once again, that... That made me think Taylor at 12, Jones at 13. It's They're all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see who lines up there. It's a really interesting one to, to sort of look ahead to. I mean, we know the test from Georgia is going to be can we get parity up front? And then you would think if and when we get good ball to the backs, yeah, we, are, we should be a significant step above Georgia. Do you think um, the whole, squ- whole squad are going to Georgia? Very good question. Because someone just put some photos up of them arriving in Tbilisi Airport. Yeah. And we got Nell, Nell Laidlaw, and Grieg, Barkley, Watson, Finn, Batty, Dell. That made me think Gordon Reed's not going, right? I mean, in fact, maybe you need another... You probably need to travel with three, yeah. don't you? Interesting. Maybe there's nothing to read into it, I don't know. There is some, there's always something to read into it, yeah. even if it's not true. That's uh, what I like to say on photos on social media. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be a hell of an occasion. You're looking at 50,000 people um, in Tbilisi. Um, I'm just getting up at the weather. I think it's going to be bloody hot. On Saturday, actually, it's not too bad. It's typical Scottish weather. 19 degrees and raining. Oh, really? 85, not too bad. 85% humidity. So it'll okay. be like, sticky oh, and not slipper, very nice. Such a slippery ball. <laughs> But um, the weather's not looking too bad in Tbilisi for the weekend, so 
I'm slightly. I'd almost by rather that. it was hotter, and then the game was sort of a bit looser. Yeah, because I suppose you just don't want to get into an arm wrestle with these guys. Um, no, I, I think that it's a good chance to. I think Scotland can, you know, have a spine of senior players, um, with a few guys who are sort of there to show what they can do, and and they'll have enough to win. Um, I, you know, obviously Georgia always going to be a challenge, but. They're still like not that high in the world rankings. Yeah. They're still not as good as maybe everyone. It's, it's gonna be a hard game. No getting around it. But they have they have they're a limited team. They have at times threatened to become a yeah. you know knocking on the door of tier one. Yeah. But there's been no consistency in that. Was it against Wales? Maybe about two or three years ago, they gave them a bit of a scare at the Millennium Stadium. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, they've scraped past the Southern Kings. What does? a good Scotland result look like this weekend? I think they just win. Any win? I Yeah, I don't really care. It d- it depends on what team they select. But if they've got a few changes, um, they've got a few relatively green guys and young guys like maybe Hastings, then I think any kind of win. And then you hopefully go into the World Cup with on the back of three victories. Because I think what these warm-up games are showing is that... <coughs> It, it, a lot of it is about momentum mm. and about just actually getting through those first games. Because you look at Ireland, obviously, had their first proper test against England last week, got absolutely pumped. Yeah. Didn't look at the races. England, ha- have to be fair to them, hit the ground running. But they played Wales in that first match. And Wales looked, looked awful. Yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of hoping that this is all Scotland building. I agree. I, I just think even just any kind of win this weekend. Anyway. Oh, any come back to Murrayfield at home, play your best team with that final training squad, or close to your best team, comfortable win, you're going into the World Cup in a pretty good place. And there's question marks over someone like Ireland in particular at the moment. Yeah. So It's going to be fascinating to watch the back-to-back Ireland-Wales tests in the next two weeks. Yeah, definitely. Can Ireland get back to the races? Because they were bloody awful against England. And they've not been good for a while. No. For the last year, really. I mean, they've beaten Scotland, obviously, but that was arguably a match that Scotland should have won. We gave them seven points, you know, yeah. as ever. Uh, as as ever, we, give, as we gave away points and we should have won that one. But it's, yeah, it's really, really, it's getting to that crunch I mean, moment. Georgia are 12th in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, I think we should beat them. I, com- I completely agree. I think a win and, God willing, no injuries. No injuries, yeah. I think a win and no injuries... And I'm absolutely, I'm delighted. With oh, that. yeah, definitely. Get the hell out of there. Back onto a private jet. Back to Edinburgh. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I think you need a like, private jet there. It's possible to get to Tbilisi from yeah. the UK. I think they must have had to charter a plane. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they will have done. Because we looked into it and it's, it's a long, it's a long old there. way. <laughs> there, are some, there are some Thistle fans down there, though. If you get onto the Finder Player app, use the link, trying to set up a bit of a meetup, game of touch yeah. in Tbilisi ahead of the game. So if you are out there, do hook, up, do hook up with them. Let us know how you get on. Um, right, let's finish off with some predictions. With in without Alan, we don't really have a quiz, so that's fine. Although I could ask you, we're now on yeah. Spotify, so you know you can listen to us on Spotify as well as Apple and Acast. What is the number one artist <laughs> that Thistle that people that listen to the Thistle on Spotify are also listening to? The number one musician. Okay. I'm going to say it's either 
The Proclaimers or Lewis Capaldi? Lewis Capaldi was number two. Oh, who, who was number one? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran was our number one. That's a bit vanilla. It's a bit boring. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it wasn't as exciting as I was hoping <laughs> it to be. Um, there's oh, well, good to know. It is good. I can give you the top five. Yeah, I'd like Just to so know. everyone knows, and if you want to impact that, get yourself on the Spotify yeah. and you know, change your taste. Change the um, world. Change, yeah, change, change what you're doing. Audience share. Where are we? I've got this all now. Artists that they're listening to. Number one, Ed Sheeran. Number two, Louis Capaldi. Number three, George Ezra. Uh, okay. It's all a bit wet so yeah, far. It is a bit, isn't it? Number four, Oasis. Okay. And number five, Queen. Just kind of soft rock then. It is fairly soft rock. Okay, fair that's enough. What we're, uh, yeah, they're all good in their own way, I suppose. That's what we're all about. Fair um, enough. Our, age, our main age demographic is 28 to 34. Makes sense. So there you go. Um, and according to this, 97% male, which is not going to look good <laughs> on our uh, <laughs> on our end of year yeah, um, diversity diversity report. Uh, diversity report. But we'll have to fudge those numbers somehow. <laughs> so on that fantastic note, thank you very much again for joining us. Follow us on game day. We're going to be on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, um, Instagram Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod, and get into the mailbag, the Thistle Rugby at Gmail dot com get yourself some beer 52 beer 52.com forward slash thistle and onto the apple store and download find a player how good is that speak to you next week cheers planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.